it's a, a, a spiritual investment, right? Your hope is an investment. A lot of people don't like to invest hope because hope is a dangerous thing. If hope is not rewarded, if hope is not paid off, people say like they lose hope. All right. And a person feel like they lose hope, then they're ready to give up. But you have to make the investment. You have to make the investment, the hope investment, the faith investment, the love investment, the time investment, the obedience investment. You have to make the investment because it will show at some point in your life whether you made the investment or not. When something happens and, you know, the devil's busy and the Bible says that Satan goes around as a roaring lion seeking who whom hadn't made the investment. He goes around looking for who doesn't make the investment. Who just shows up and spends the hour? Who's not, who's not making the investment? If you're not look, make the, willing to make the investment, he knows I can have you. But everybody that makes the investment, he knows that pretty much he's going to get slapped in the face. Come on now. After he approaches, he's going to get stung by something that God said. The same way that Jesus did. It is written. Right. And the only way you can you can do something like that is that you make the investment, you spend the time and you start you start exemplifying it in your life. It's God's intention that his word changes. It's God's intention that the Holy Spirit that he gave because of the death of Jesus, that it changes you. That's God's intention. It's not God's intention that you just hear it and that you just go away and remain the same. That's not his intention. And that's why people don't respect church and Christianity today. Because they've seen too many people that are just willy nilly with this thing and go to church because their friends are there or go to church because people they see are there. And then when something happens, just like we talked about last week, all you got is that storgy, storgy relationship. That's all you got. And so now you're mad at God. You're mad at the people because you never invested in real love. And if you never invested in real love, you can't have real faith. Because the Bible says faith works by love. Right? So when you come in, it's an investment, man. You're investing in God. You're investing in the kingdom. You're investing in yourself. This is not about filling an hour of time. Man, there's all kind of stuff that can be going. I could have extended my nap. That's why before I told you, before I was saved, I, when I when I got saved, then I saw the value of church. <laughs> when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I saw the value. Oh, I got to go back this up that God gave me. Yeah, amen. Right. But before I don't have nothing in common with people in church. That wasn't my, my, my peer group. Those weren't people that I hung out with. But after I got saved, now there's a purpose. Oh, church. The purpose of church is to is to uh, to back up. Or to reaffirm the things that are going on in my heart and in my life. And for accountability. It's, it's for development. Right? That's what I learned. That's what church is all about. So again, we don't, we don't want to just come here and burn an hour. Because we ain't got nothing else to do. And the truth be told, even if that's your attitude, you're not burning an hour. Because if you wouldn't come in here burning an hour, you'd be worse off than you are right now. Just the, the overflow and the residue of what you're catching because you won't make an investment is still holding you up places in your life that you don't even know about. Thank you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's pray and let's, let's get started. Lord, we thank you today. Thank you. I thank you, God, that you're a good God. I thank you for this opportunity to stand in, in front of these people. God, I thank you for this opportunity that God, that even when I speak to them, that now as I'm speaking your words and as you're speaking through me, you're speaking to me. And I thank you, God, that you have not allowed me to be 
the preacher that was just content with preaching your word. But you have put in my heart that your word is so exciting. Your word is so fantastic. Your word is so incredible. And God, that it burns on the inside that after I preach it, I got to try it out. I can't just tell them about it. I got to get some too. I can't just tell them how good the cake is. Cut me a slice too. But God, I just thank you now, God, that your word is exciting and is incredible and that you do make promises. But we are so used to letting people off the hook after they make us a promise and they tell us a lie and they let us down. We feel like we got to let you off the hook. We feel like you're going to let us down, but we don't have to let you off the hook. You're not going to let us down. You gave us exceeding great and precious promises and we can count on each and every one of them. Everything you ever said to us, everything you ever promised us, it's your intention to make good on it. Even if we don't understand that there's times it seemed like it didn't work out, God, you said that we will know better by and by later on. But God, we just thank you. You said that you're not man that you're, uh, you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent. So God, that we take full opportunity and we believe that we receive every promise that you ever made us, including the promise that when we leave here that heaven is waiting on us. Jesus said, you said that you go to a place, go to prepare a place place for us so that when we leave that we can be there with you also. We received that promise. You said that by your stripes, Lord, that when sickness tries to attack us, that we are healed in Jesus' name. You said, God, that you would take care of our financial needs that every need that we have is met according to your riches and glory and we believe that we receive that. You said that you Lord take pleasure in the prosperity of your servant and we believe that we receive that. You said that God that you give us your peace that passes all understanding and Lord tonight we believe that we receive that. You said that no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against us in judgment we shall condemn it. This is your heritage Lord for to, to your service, God, and our vindication is of you. And we believe that we receive that. Every promise you've ever made to us in Jesus' name, we believe that we receive it. We don't just come here to burn an hour, but we came here to make an investment in Jesus' name. We're here to make an investment tonight into ourselves and into the kingdom so that your glory may be manifest to everyone and everyone all around the world. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen Amen and amen. You can sit down. Amen. That God's glory (coughs) might be revealed. That the glory might be revealed. That's why we make an investment. His glory can be revealed to us. His glory can be revealed in the earth. I'm going to do a speedy review of something I did a few weeks back. On development, talking about the development of our faith, as we skip around from uh, faith to uh, our soul, we skip back over there tonight. Can you hear me in the back? Yes, sir. All right, cool. <clears throat> so let's start off again. We're going to start off in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. Yeah, Pastor, we read these scriptures the other day, but you still ain't got them. <clears throat> I, didn't, I didn't say that. The Lord said that. We learn by repetition. Faith come by a continual hearing. Right? Some jokers forgot that the Lord saved them. Oh, John 3.16, still in the Bible. That's true. I forgot. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, Lord. The devil gets to slap you around for a little bit, and you'll forget what, what you read. Oh, man, I forgot that God said, uh, in this world I shall uh, have tribulation. I forgot about that. 
You know, it seemed like the devil just owned me and things going bad. I forgot that Jesus said that was going to happen. But he said, be a good. He showed sure did. <laughs> Show you right, God. That's because you got to keep him in front of you. He didn't say faith come by having heard. He said faith comes by continual hearing. Yes, amen. All right. So uh, Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. Concerning this. We have much to say, which is hard to explain since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others. So then here again is our one of our strongest supports for development. So he's making the case right now for even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again. The very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food for everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will and purpose, thought and action. For he is a mere infant, not able to talk yet. But solid food is for full grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to uh, discriminate and to distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. So here again in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14, making the case that we need to develop, right? Making the case that we need to develop. Uh, let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. I'm going to say this to the young people that are, that uh, uh, Miss Lori had something. She couldn't make it tonight. But listen, you guys, this, you need to learn this stuff down, right? Because let me tell you something. What's coming soon in your life is bills and tribulation, yep. right? Bills and tribulation. And so what happens, you don't learn how to trust God uh, in your own life now. You're going to have to learn how to trust him later on, right? So you need to do that. Matter of fact, uh I think young people need to, you need to know and you need to decide what's important to you. Right? Because whatever is important to you, that's what you have to fight for. Right? Whatever is important to you, that's what you have to fight for. So this is not exclusively for adults. Adults just have things, different things that are important to them. Young people still have things that are important to them. But the young person, usually the mindset of the young person is that this does not pertain to me. Although I'm catching hell at school and in my home life and everywhere else, but I will go everywhere and anywhere but God to help me to solve my problems because this is for adults and not for me. Right. But this is not for just for adults. It's for it's, it's for everybody. Amen. Matter of fact, the people that we're reading about in a lot of cases in his Bible, in the Bible that God used were teenagers. Some of the most important people. Right. You see Jesus in the temple uh, at Bible study paying attention when he was 12 asking questions. Right. We uh, married uh, theologians said Mary was what, 13 when this whole situation came to her. David, they came to David when he was a very young man. So young people are important to God. I've, I've done I've changed the world, changed people's worlds with young people uh, over my years in ministry. So you need to know this. Amen. Amen. Uh, so first Corinthians three, one through three, it says, I could not talk to you as spiritual men, but as unto non spiritual men of the flesh in whom the carnal nature predominates as mere infants in the law um, in, uh, in the new life in Christ, unable to yet uh, to talk yet. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not strong enough to be ready for it. But even yet. 
you are not strong enough to be ready for it. Uh, for you, uh, you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under control of ordinary impulses. We can stop right there for a second. That's what I'm talking about when I say don't just show up just to pass the time. Right? Don't just come in just to pass the time. That's, that's what normal fleshly people do. Right? There's, there's people that, that go to churches every, uh, all over the world that, uh, that have not plugged in the power of God, have not plugged in spiritually to what God wants to do. They just go to church. And so, uh, understand something. The reason why we go to church is to plug in spiritually to God. Right? To, 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 to uh, tap into that power of God to do what we can't do. That's why we go. Right? Yeah. Uh, Christianity is a supernatural activity. And you have to think about it this way because we, we say we believe in a God that we cannot see. Right? When the last time one of y'all seen Jesus? I have never seen him in Cleveland, Texas. I haven't seen him in Houston, Texas. I haven't seen him nowhere I've ever, ever been. I ain't never seen Jesus' face. Right? But you can't tell me he ain't real. Amen. That's because I'm plugging into the socket, JV. Christianity is a spiritual activity. All of us in this room, who, uh, who in here wants to go to hell? Anybody? No. Nah. Nobody want to go to hell. Uh, uh, the second question is, who in here expects to get to heaven? Right? Well, that's because of something spiritual going on on the inside. Right? If you don't have no kind of connection with God, you know, why you think you're going to go to heaven? Because your folks going? Because your neighbor's going? No, you, you got to have, you got to plug in to even believe that we get to go to heaven. Shoot, hey, yeah, that, that's basic, Pastor. Duh, we going. Right? But you, but you got to plug in to believe that. Christianity is, is a spiritual activity. Yeah. It's based on faith in somebody that we don't see. Yeah. The whole activity of Christianity is a spiritual activity. If that's why I don't understand people who don't believe in the miraculous, who don't believe in healing, who don't believe in the supernatural. Let me get let me, oh, let me get this right. So you don't believe God still heals folks and does miracles, but how, so how you gonna how you gonna get to heaven? How you how you plan on getting to heaven? Well, Jesus. Well, call him on the phone. <laughs> call him on the phone. Let's talk to him. And get him to come over here and explain this to me. Well, I can't call him because I can't see him. So you believe in God that you can't see. But because you can't see what a miracle power is going to come from, you don't believe in that. Let's keep going. Uh, let's go to. Yeah, we're going to skip. We're going to go on. Yeah, we're going to come back to that. Let's go now to. Uh, John chapter 11, 14 through 15. John 11, 14 through 15. We're talking about, we made a case for development. Now we're going to look at very quickly development of our faith. Faith is extremely important. Matter of fact, the Bible says that we save by grace through faith. Right? Uh, I, uh, there's a book that I've read and I, remember when I say I've read, that means I listened to it. <laughs> as a book that I have read uh, through once and then I'm, I'm going through it again right now uh, but he talks about he talks about business and he talks about 
the activity of starting a business, right? And I'm just saying this for the sake of our business guys that are here right now. He, he talks about how that is a sign. That's one sign of of faith because you have to believe uh, that that business is going to come. Right. So somebody you don't have business today, you have this business, but you have tomorrow that that business has to come. Right. Because you have to pay your stuff. So he talks about that uh, there. And so you need you need faith in business. You need faith. Uh, what if you're a person who God has not called to own your own business and he don't call everybody to do that because all businesses need employees. Right. So if he's called you to be an employee and you don't have a job, you need faith that God's going to get you a job. Right. So same faith that some a business owner has <clears throat> uh, in their next client. Somebody has to have in getting a job. How do you demonstrate that by putting in a resume, by asking somebody, you know, even asking a friend, do you know, somebody who has a job, somebody that's hiring. Right. You demonstrate your faith. You say, well, that's easy. Everybody can do that. I know people can't do that. Who won't put in an application, who won't, who won't, they're stuck. So everything that we do in life requires faith. And here's my list. I think I'm going to post this on Facebook. If I give you this, will you, will you put it up? Okay. So I'm going to go through these things that, uh, the faith foundations, and I keep this tape inside of my Bible right here. Faith foundations. And these are a list of things that the Bible says that we, uh, we receive by faith. And starting off with Hebrews uh, 11.1, it says that that uh, Hebrews 11.1, it defines faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Ephesians 2.8 says that we're saved by grace through faith. Hebrews 11.6 says that uh, it is impossible to please God without faith. So developing our faith is really important based on the one if we stop right there. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to please God without faith. Romans 1.17 says that we are to live by faith. All this stuff is based on the Bible. This is not nobody's opinion. Uh, Galatians 5.6 says that faith is powered by love. Romans 12.3 says that every man is given the measure of faith. So God, so if God gave it to every man, every man must need it, right? Uh, Hebrews 11.3 says that the worlds were framed through faith. Ephesians 6, 16 says that faith is our shield. And I'm going to give you this. You don't have to be super fast typing. Okay. Got him uh, Okay. Uh, Matthew 17, 20. <laughs> Matthew 17, 20 says a mustard seed worth of faith will move a mountain. And Mark 5, 34 says that we're healed by faith. Acts 26, 18 says we're sanctified by faith. Philippians 3, 9 says that we are made righteous by faith. 1 John 5, 4 says that we're victorious by faith. John 8, 31 and 32 says that we are made free by faith in God's word. And Mark 9, 23 says that faith makes all things possible. Right? So faith is pretty important to develop. Let's look at something, an incident that Jesus had here. Where he's, he's, he said his goal was to do exactly that. In this example, we're going to read with the disciples. So uh, we are in John 11, 14 through 15. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, 
Lazarus is dead. And, and then he goes on to say this. And I am glad for your sakes, right, that I was not there to the intent that you might believe. Nevertheless, I go unto him. Right. Let's read it again. Now, everybody knows this story about Jesus's friend, Lazarus. That's, that's one thing that that in reading this and I kind of played this chapter over and over about. I don't know, maybe 12, 13 times today we listen to it. But in, in other places, it was, I was amazed that Jesus had friends. Man, did you know that? Jesus had friends. Them guys would be, it, it talked about a number of people. It says the, uh, this person that, that Jesus loved. Right? Then they have a conversation that says that, that John, that he was there and John had his head, they was talking, John just laid his head on his breast. Jesus had friends. Do you know friends are important? If Jesus had friends, friends are important. Matter of fact, he said, you, you my friends, if you do what I ask you to do. Amen? Amen. So friends are important to God. Back on this, John eleven fourteen through 15, then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you might believe. Let's look at the scripture right here. Right after he says, I'm glad for your sakes. What does he mean? For your development. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that for your development that we weren't there. Right. So watch him, watch him, watch him clear it up right here that I was not that that I was not there to the intent that you might believe. Right. For your development, that we might do something with your faith. I was glad that we weren't there so that we can use this to develop your faith. Right. So so Jesus, let's go over there. uh, John chapter uh, 11. What verse did I just read? You were 14, 15 on John 11. 14? You were 14 and 15. 14. Okay, yeah. I was in 14 and 15? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so look at this. Let's, let's pick up at verse, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lazarus rest of sleeping, but I'm going and waking him. Yeah, verse 11. 11, 11. Yeah, 11, 11. He said these things, and then he added, Our friend Lazarus is at rest and sleeping, but I'm going there that I might awaken him out of his sleep. The disciples answered, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will recover. However, Jesus had not spoken, had spoken of his death. But they thought that he referred to him falling into a refreshing natural sleep. So then Jesus told them plainly, no, the, the brother dead. <laughs> now he's not, he not asleep. It's not a nap time like Pastor Levi before Wednesday night. The brother, the brother gone. But Jesus was saying to me, on the face side, he just sleep. To y'all, he dead. To me, he sleep. Right. But he had to make it plain for their development. It's not this. This is serious for when I to speak your language. He did. Right. To me, he just sleep. 
because I know what I'm going to do. That's why when they came knocking on the door, trying to get me all up in my feelings and my emotions, talking about Lazarus, the one you love, he's sick. And I waited two more days before we even took off. Because I know what I was going to do before they knocked on the door. I knew they was coming. Yeah. Right. But we read over in the scripture in verse 14. So then Jesus told them plainly Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. I will help you. To, uh, uh, it will help you to believe, to trust and rely on me. However, let's go to him. Now, 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 let's, now, my man Tom is in several spots. I didn't even know, Russell, I didn't know he was at this spot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that brother, that is messed up. Yeah. Thomas is a bad actor, man. Yeah, he <laughs> He's that one that can't control his mouth. Yeah. And I'm talking about faithless, no faith. None. Come from, listen, but I tell you why, we read the last time over there, it says that, uh, that something outstanding, a miracle had happened and he wasn't there. So his, his attendance, his, his fellowship attendance wasn't that strong. He missed a lot of meetings. He missed a lot of church. <laughs> he missed a lot of church. He missed a lot of Bible study. And then it, and it manifests no through his mouth. No, no, no development. But, but it was available to him because he was one of the twelve. He just chose not to participate. So watch this. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said unto fellow disciples, let's go too, that we may, well, we may die, be killed along with, with him. I, I, see, I don't get this. I don't get why Jesus didn't pull one of these. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Jesus is Jesus, though. He ain't, we ain't him. But. <laughs> man, what's wrong with your confession, bro? That's just a side note. Thomas was a bad actor. Now watch this. So when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Okay, so listen, 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 listen. Jesus said, I'm glad for your sakes that we weren't there. We said, for your development, it's a good thing, right? Because I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something amazing. There's often times where we have situations that we encounter in our life. You're not going to 100% know that God's going to do what he said until you find yourself in a situation where God got to do what he said. Right. Does that make sense? So sometimes you're going to find yourself in a situation so you can know. Why, why is it important for you to know that God can handle a light bill? Why is it important for you to know that God can handle maybe something small? Because God wants to use us to handle big things that his glory might be revealed. That's right. But if you ain't never been through some little things... You're not going to be ready to handle no small thing. If David had never killed the lion and the bear, he's not ready for Goliath. But because he had been through Goliath, been through the lion and the bear, he's ready for Goliath. Let's keep watching and see what happens here. What verse wins? Somebody help me. 17. So when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now watch this. I never, never thought about this till today. Bethany, Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away, and a considerable number of Jews had gone out to see Martha and Mary to console them concerning her, their brother. Now, man, remember what I said? You have to imagine what's going on. Now, this guy, this is their brother, right? Have you ever been around somebody had a death in the family and you go over to the house? Right? And this is an after the funeral environment, right? They done been through all of the emotions. The, the, they accepted the brother dead. We're still crying, but he gone. All right. Family, friends over there trying to help, trying to console. We didn't went through the 
the hard part. How many of you know that? That, that when, when you, when the people come to the house and y'all having barbecue and stuff like that and the friends is hugging on, that, you kind of done went through the tougher part. Yeah. Right? Now you still got a ways to go, but you went through the hard part. Now watch what Jesus do here. Jesus gonna give him the whole experience. 20. Daddy. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. And while Mary remained sitting in the house, uh, Martha then said to Jesus, Master, if y'all had been, you had been there, my brother would, would not have died. Well, Jesus already told, we already know that, uh, Jesus said his brother sleep. We're gonna go wake him up. Right? They weren't privy to that information. Uh, 22. 22. And even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, he will grant you. And Jesus said unto her, your brother shall rise again. Martha replied, I know that he will rise in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am myself. That's good news right there, boy. I had to shout that one. (laughs) I am myself the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes, somebody say believes. Believes. That's why your faith has to be developed. Right? Whoever believes and adheres to, trust in, and relies on me, although he may die, he shall live. This is hard. This is a hard thing. If you ever been to the funeral, I done been in a place with people, family, where they say, we're going to the funeral home, we're going to get them up. And other people say, no, nah, we ain't going to the funeral, we're going to get them up. Yeah, okay. Now, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, 26. 26. And whosoever continues to live and believes in, has faith in, cleaves to, relies on, me shall uh, never actually die at all. Uh, do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I have believed, I do believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of God, even he who was coming to the world. Uh, it is for it is for your coming that the world has waited. Verse 28. After she said this. She went back and called her sister Mary. So then they came over. I got to get him to the house. Jesus saw him. Saw him. Saw him. Okay. Verse 34. Skip down to verse 34. So he makes his way over to the house. The two girls came out there. Everybody at the house and showed up over there. Jesus coming. Everybody crying. He finally get to the house. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Now, I don't, some people, they say this is a prayer that people pray. Jesus wept. Y'all, when y'all were little kids, you ever heard somebody praying that? Jesus, man, black people, maybe, black people think. <laughs> but I don't know how that was a prayer. I don't know. I'm, t- I'm trying to tell you. They said, Jesus wept. They, they prayed it like a prayer over the food or something like that. I never understood it. All right. Uh, verse 36. The Jews said, see how tenderly he loved him. But some of them said, uh, could not he who opened the blind man's have prevented this man from dying? Now Jesus, again, sighing repeatedly and deeply disquieted. So Jesus is touched, man. That's awesome, man. Golly, man. He's his friend. He loved this guy, man. He disquieted, uh, approached the tomb. It was a cave, a hole in the rock, a boulder lay against it, the entrance of, uh, to close it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Now watch this. Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, exclaimed, but Lord, by this time, he is decaying and throws off an offensive odor, for he has been dead for four days. Now, man, y'all got to get this. This this whole experience. Jesus said, it's good for us that we haven't been there because I'm fixing to to do something that's going to skyrocket some faith. Right? 
So Jesus is going to give him the whole experience, not the half experience. When he went over there and he told them, when he said to them, unroll the rock, that don't just mean to move the rock back. That means that even though y'all already passed through the hard part and we're on the other side, I'm fixing to make it worse. Did you hear what I said? You done been through the funeral experience, everybody at the house, y'all on the way to, to, you know, to feeling better, accepting the whole thing. Now listen, they spend time and effort embalming bodies so that the family member don't have to see the ugly part of the whole situation. Yeah, they do. They made it past the ugly part. They was already hurt that he died, but they didn't have to see the decay. And so Jesus said, roll the rock back. And that's what, that's what she was saying. That, uh, Jesus, we, we on the other side of the whole thing. Yeah. We didn't, we never saw him decay. We don't want to see him like that. That's why they fix people up at the funeral home and they try to make them presentable because nobody wants to see their loved one in the state that really happens. So Jesus said, no, nah. Jesus like ripped the scab off the thing. I'm going to heal it a hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, so listen, now watch this. No, y'all wanted me to be here mm-hmm. for this part. Wow. You wanted, you said if I had been here, I'm fixing it. We fixing to go back in time. Come on. You wanted me to be here to experience the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now we all fixing to experience it in a whole nother way. I'm here now. Yeah. Take the rock away. We fixing to get the stink. We fixing to see him swallow up. We fixing to experience everything y'all didn't want to see. You said you wanted me to be here. We're going to go through this whole thing together now that I am here. Mm, that's good. Right? So Jesus told him, he said, I'm the resurrection. I'm the light. We're going to experience this thing. This is a developmental moment. Mm-hmm. Now, this, this is an odd situation. Odd situation. Jesus said, he said, it's good. Now, I, I didn't cause a brother to die. He just said, it's good that I wasn't, that I wasn't over there to heal him. This this will, this will make your faith shoot to another level even stronger, mm-hmm. right? And he told he told him he said we're going he told the disciples first we're gonna go get him up. And then he told him we're gonna we told the sisters we're gonna go get him. So he gets over there and they just think they don't know how. I guess they didn't know what that, that he's gonna do that. And Jesus said move the rock back. They said no no. This time he decaying and he's he's gonna put off it says an offensive odor. He's gonna put off a dead person odor. He's going to put off a dead person older. Jesus said, no, nah, I don't care about all that. Move the rock back. Come on. Yeah. Let him, let, let's smell the stink, the decaying, rotten body and everything. Because I'm fixing, to, I'm fixing to make some faith shoot to another level. Yeah. What you think happened to them disciples went with all of that experience? Yeah. Oh, God. No, oh, God. Oh, man. Lazarus! What that means is, whatever, listen to me. Whatever decay that is there right now, heal up. Mm. All swelling go down, stink disappear. Brother, come here. Yeah. Whatever stinking, go away. Yeah. Whatever is decayed, come back. Come on, man, man. Life, come back into this brother, and brother, come here. Mm-hmm. Don't go get him. Don't go get him. <laughs> but look, look, look at this. Watch this though. But what are we doing right here, right now? Jesus brought him to life, but he told them to unwrap him. He didn't say unwrap him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Loose him. Loose him. Loose him. I I saved this soul. Now you develop him. You disciple him. Oh. <laughs> I bring him to life. But you got to, you got to you got to finish the work. 
I brought him back. You develop him. You, you, you have Bible study so you can help him be loosed. Amen. You get the stuff, the stinky clothes off of him. God is all, Jesus is about development, man. Amen. In his teaching of the disciples, in his examples, I'm going to bring him back, but you got to set him free. You got to unwrap him. You got to take the, st- take the stinky clothes off of him. Mm-hmm. Amen. We got one more account. So, so at the end of the story, Lazarus comes up, they unwrap him, they go on talking about him. He's, he's back to life again, and they, they write some other stuff about him after he came back to life. Okay, let's turn uh, real quickly to Do I want to do that? Okay, yeah, we got to do that. Uh, John eleven thirty nine, we got to finish. John eleven thirty nine. Then they took away the stone from the place where he was. The dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, "Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me." Now watch this. Right here again, development. And he says, "And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand for their development." That's my note. Because of the people that stand by, I said it for their development. I did it for them. Constantly thinking about developing the people. Now watch this. He said, and, uh, I said, I said it that they might believe, right? So establishing belief, uh, that thou has sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus come forth. And he, uh, he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Right. So we have two situations here. You remember what he told the sister? He said, if thou can believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Right. So here's the one place. He said, I said it that they might believe. Then the Bible says he called him and he came forth bound with grave uh, with grave clothes. So there is the belief and there is the glory. If y'all can believe, y'all see the glory. The glory is the dude coming back to life. And he was dead, came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. So belief, if you can believe, you can see the glory. The glory was him. Coming back to life. And his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. Then many uh, of the Jews which came to Mary uh, and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Amen. Now let's go to uh, John chapter 9. I'm trying to go through that real quick. John 9. John 9. John 9 is a wild setup. Mm-hmm. A wild situation. Yeah, this is a wild situation. Hey, this is this is quite comical. I wish they made a movie out of this, right? Uh, so we are nine, John nine verse one. As he passed along, let me let me get another version here. Amplified Classic, good for my study, but not for my reading. Uh, now Jesus passed by, and he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, catch this. If you if you didn't buy my development stuff in the last passage, you got to buy it right now. <laughs> right? Because this is straight from the scripture. Jesus answered, neither this man or his parents sinned, but that the words of God should be revealed in him. Yeah. Right? That the works of God might be revealed in him. Right? So, in other words, the works, the glory, so that you can see what God can do. Now, God, so God made all the blind people. Listen, I don't believe that's what they're saying. 
in this case right here, again, we're going to use this case. Right. It ain't his this man's fault. He was born blind and ain't his mama. But God fixed him to show off because he is blind. Right. So neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God might be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Verse six. When he said these things, he spat in the ground and made clay and with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and he washed and he came back seeing. Therefore, the neighbors of those. Now, this is where it gets comical. Therefore, the neighbors of those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is this not he, he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him or look like him. <laughs> he said, I am he. No, it's me. It's me. Blind Johnny. Um, it's me. <laughs> Therefore, they said unto him, how are your eyes open? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go and wash in the pool and, and wash. So I went and washed and I received my sight. Then they said to him, where is he? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> you know, he's gone. I think it's a Monty Python type of stuff here, right? <laughs> so then watch this. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was on the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. And he said unto them, he put the clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Right? <laughs> right, right. Now he even said it like that. He even said it like that. So then he goes on and says, therefore, some said this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Right. Others said, how can this man uh, who is a sinner do such things? How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. Right. And it's going to be like that. It's going to be like that when you choose to develop in faith and walk by faith and some people not, it's going to be a division. Uh, then they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him? Uh, because he opened your eyes and he said. He's a prophet. He's a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had he had been blind and received this sight. Now, see, this is another teaching point, too. Some people are not going to want to believe that God can do anything. Right. And you're not going to talk them into it. Now, these, you got people over here saying this brother was never blind. Yeah. This, he, this he, never, he been faking, he been faking the whole time. <laughs> listen, listen, faith is a choice. It's a choice. It's like we choose to believe that Jesus died on the cross for us. Trusting God for anything else you do, it's a choice, right? But the Jews did not uh, believe concerning him that he had been blind or received his sight. They called his parents who had, uh, who had, or the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them saying, is is this your son who you say, who you say was born blind? How then does he see? Y'all say he was blind. How can, how can he see right now? Now, now, see, my problem with this is, is that the guys who's challenging this whole situation are supposed to be spiritual men Come on. who have access to the writings of Moses yeah. Yeah. and all the miracles that God did. Uh-huh. Right. So there again, some people are just going to make a choice that they're not going to believe. Yeah. They're like Tom. Tom, like, man, I'm, now I'm going to believe I can put my hands in the side. Right. So you got the same thing going on here. So his parents answered them and said, we know that he is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means that he, he see, we do not know. We were not. Or who opened his eyes? We do not know. He is of age. Ask him. He can speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. 
For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was the Christ, that he would be put out of the synagogue. So they was they was being threatened with being put out of the church if they exercised faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, therefore, his parents said he's of age as him. So they again called a man who was blind and said to him, give God glory. We know that he's that, that this man is a sinner. And he answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing in my Aunt Esther voice, right? <laughs> one thing I know that though I was blind, now I see. Right? So the brothers, look what he goes on to tell them. Then they said to them again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I told y'all already. And did you not listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? They're giving this man a hard time about something that should be wonderful. This brother been blind his whole life. They don't want to celebrate the miracle. They don't want to hear about the miracle. Because listen, there is no development in their faith. They don't want nothing to do with what God can do. Listen, they do not want to make an investment. I'm not going to invest in this. I'm not going to get caught up in that charismatic stuff. I'm not getting caught up in it. I don't want to make an investment. And because they wouldn't make an investment... Right. They want to listen. Listen to what I'm about to say, because they refuse to make the investment. They want to rob this man of his blessings. And that's the way people will be with you. Everyone. The Bible says what to everyone is given the measure of faith. But it's up to you whether you choose to develop it. That's right. Right. The same way he gave the guys in uh, Luke 19. They had the, the, the opportunity to invest. They chose not to invest. God has given you the opportunity to invest. Invest in your faith to develop your faith. There are levels of faith. The Bible talks about the man, the centurion man. It talks about he's never seen someone with so great faith. The Bible talks about people having strong faith. It talks about people having weak faith. It talks about people having shipwrecked faith. So faith, there are levels to your faith according to how you choose to develop or how you choose not to develop. Right. And so here on display is this man who is, has notably been healed. Everybody who know him know the brother was blind. And they are doing everything they can to try to discredit the glory of God being revealed in the life of this man. Wow. Everybody is not going to get on the page. Yes, sir. The same way everybody's not going to tithe. The same way everybody's not going to, people just not going to do things. But it's up to you. Whether you're going to let somebody rob you from the power of what faith in God can do. Come on. Right? And they make none. All this stuff's good. Good excuses. But I, this is what I, the last thing I want to say. But do you, do you hear something familiar in these excuses that they made? Have we heard this somewhere before? Maybe he wasn't dead. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't dead. And that's how he rose. You see, so it's not one incident, it's whatever that God can do. Somebody's going to try to find some kind of excuse, except that God did it, because he God. In Jesus' case, maybe the brother wasn't never really dead. That's how he, that's how it happened. He didn't come back from the dead. He wasn't really dead. At some point, right, you have to make the choice what side of the thing you're going to be on. 
Are you going to be on the side of whether you're going to trust and believe God? Or are you going to try to argue away everything that God is doing for somebody else? Mm-hmm. I already made up my mind what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I remember when this, this first came to me. I told you, this young brother that came around the church, Tommy Garcia, uh, came around the church.